This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. This is Mark Cook hosting the show this morning in for Pastor Dan, and we are so glad to have you guys joining us for the program. We're so glad that you got up. Maybe you got up this morning, you're listening to it early in the morning. Maybe you're listening to it in the afternoon. You could be listening to it from anywhere in the world if you're on our on our podcast. We're just glad you're joining us to get into the Word of God. Uh, the goal is to read a chapter of the Bible. Uh, we read it in the morning uh, of. We also read it the night before so that we uh, have read through it pretty thoroughly, and then we come in and we just talk about what God is showing us. Uh, we don't we don't prepare a script, we don't prepare a sermon. We just come in and we talk about what God's what God's showing us. By the way, today is November thirteenth, uh, and uh, it is Wednesday on November thirteenth. It's a beautiful fall uh, Wednesday in Florida, Central Florida, uh, humid. Uh, that means the humidity is 100% and it's yeah. 77 degrees out right now. It may or may not stay that way. Yes. That's the, that's the, the voice of my co-host, my, my favorite person in the whole world, Angela Cook, my wife. Glad you're on the show, babe. Thanks. Glad you uh, were able to, to walk in through the, through the humidity and towel oh. off and, and shake off. I thought you were going to make fun of me for getting out of bed early. Oh, no, not at all. No, I found a perfect number on our sleep number. Oh, okay. Or side sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Back sleeping numbers are not the same for side sleeper numbers. Ah, so yes. the, the intricacies yes. of, of how this actually works. You can't just yes. randomly pick a number. Yes. Well, we're glad you we're glad you rolled all the way over <laughs> <Don't say that. laughs> and got out of bed. <laughs> rolled in my car and my swag wagon. Yeah. We're also uh we're in here uh with Nick. Nick is uh in the process of doing something oh. else, so he can't say anything, but we want to acknowledge that he's in that here. Was wrong. Glad you're here, buddy, and uh, he's making the show run through the through, with all the all the technical stuff that needs yeah. to happen, which I would not be able to do. So we're excited that you that you've joined us. We want you to be able to read along with us in the chapter. You can do that a uh, couple of different ways. You can go to our website eccc.us. There's a morning breath button there, and you can get to a morning breath guide that way and see what chapter we've been in or going to be in. There is our app, which is the most popular way. Download the East Coast app, and there is a podcast button on there, and that contains our morning breath podcast as well as a few others, but it also has the Morning Breath Guide, so you can see what chapter we're going to be in, and you can listen to all the shows. Uh, the, you can go back in the past and listen to old shows and get caught up. And of course, you can call us 452-1060, and we can email or mail you a Morning Breath Guide so that you are following along with us. And we've also got a few things happening. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of fun stuff going on here. Um, on November 16th, so this Saturday from 12 to 4, out at our Coco campus on Friday Road, we have a fall festival. That should be exciting. I like the fall festival feel out at the Coco campus because there's the trees and it's got yeah. that little bit of a country feel. Sure. And so we have that coming up on November 16th. And then the next day um, at the Coco campus also, Grief Share is hosting something called Surviving the Holidays. And this is going to be a great time for people to get together who've maybe lost a loved one over the last year or so, or any time, really, yeah, anytime, yeah. Um, to discover ways to cope with the holiday season after a loved one's death, um, to help them deal with those hard-hitting emotions, um, the things that you don't, you don't expect to have to deal with. Um, until you're in the middle of it during sure. the holidays, and so I know that's going to bless a lot of people. And yes, that's on. Yeah, you can you Saturday, can sign up for that Sunday, on our website. The 17th. It's on Sunday afternoon yeah. from three to five on the seventeenth, and so you can go onto our website at eccc.us/events 
there's no there's no cost for it, but just let us know that you're coming, and uh, we want to be ready for you and have a, have a chair ready for you. So we'd love to see you there. Yeah. So some great things happening here. Yeah. Always something good going on in the kingdom of God. And then uh, today we've got going on First Corinthians chapter three. We're in the book of First Corinthians, the letter that Paul wrote uh, to the church in Corinth, and uh, we're going to see what he had to say in chapter three. There's 23 verses. Yes. And uh, you could read up, you want to read up through verse 12, or actually verse 12 has a comma. You could read up through verse 11 if you want to. Okay, There's I'll a... read through verse 11. I'm going to be in the New Living Translation awesome. today. Okay, I yeah, I, I scanned through that. I it up a little bit. Well, I, th- <laughs> I scanned through that in uh, as I was prepping. I wanted to read it in the NLT, and I actually enjoyed it. I'm reading the New King James, so we'll get a little taste of both. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I will get you started. I say unto you, read, ma'am. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like the people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have. Jesus Christ. Verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Amen. 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 I know you weren't really excited about this chapter, but I lo- I don't know, even earlier when you're like, do you have anything you want to say? <laughs> I was like, yeah, go ahead. I love this chapter. Sure. I don't know why when I read it, it's so, it just like does like it. I don't know. Something in me just jumps. Well, what is it that makes you jump? I just love how he talks about um, where we get where he gets to the point where you know why are y'all like talking about who you follow? You know who mm. who is pa- Apollos? Who is Paul? We are just we're just here to to get you to Jesus. It's only God who makes that happen. Yeah. And so I think that I I've always been that person that I love the underdog. 
And so underdogs tend to not be the people who are like, oh, I'm following the underdog. <laughs> you know, nobody says that. People yeah. are, oh, I'm following this or I'm following that person. Um, I'm following Kanye West right now. No, you know, no offense to Kanye. Like, yeah. But just this idea like, okay, but his whole goal, our whole goal as people who pe- others follow need to be to point them to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I feel like, I guess, because I love that underdog, I love that person who maybe doesn't feel like they have what it takes. Um, I love, this like resonates with me. Like quit talking about who you're following. Be who God called you to be because that's all that's important. You know, I think it's interesting that you bring that up because as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, Paul, I guess for all intents and purposes, because he wrote, the letters that he wrote turned out to be, you know, two-thirds of our New Testament. Um in the time that he was doing it, he didn't think of himself like Paul is a celebrity. Sure. Right. Today, Paul is a is a celebrity in Christendom. Right. Because of what because of our Bibles. But in the time that he was doing this, he didn't see himself that way. And now though so he's saying, Why why are you guys talking about who you follow? That you follow me or you follow Apollos? That was not that was not a mindset that he had. And even today, for him to have the fame that he has, he would probably not like that. Like quit, quit bragging yeah. about this. Like, and he talks so much about not boasting through all of his letters. Don't boast. Don't brag. It's in Christ. Like I am, I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. It is Christ who lives in me. And so, you know, he's that's not like a comfortable thing. I don't yeah. think it's not that it's not comfortable. I think because he knows that's not the way you're going to get anywhere in this life. And so, going back to the beginning of the chapter. He says, I came to you and I had to speak to you as if you basically were babies, your children. Yeah. I was giving you milk and I came back and I'm still going to have to give you milk. Like, wait, hold up. What's going on? I had to talk to you as if you weren't spiritual. You were living in the flesh. And so just the idea that they're still living. There, there is no grown. F- right. There's no fruit showing and that he comes into that and says, OK, come on, y'all, you're I was feeding you because I knew you were in the flesh. So he's not like chastising them. He's just saying, I know you're flesh. You're made of flesh. You're human. But now you're actually walking. You're living in the flesh. You are dominated. So it's proof that you're being dominated by the flesh. And so I just think of that. And it's it's that that goes back to that. Like he's trying to get people to stop being dominated by the flesh. And when we decide to follow a person, we're dominated by the flesh. Sure. And I think I like how he couples that together. I think there's two uh, there's two thoughts that 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 pop into my mind as you say that. The first one, I was thinking the same thing in the beginning of the chapter. He says, "Look, because he's writing this letter after he's already gone there and planted a church and 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 talked to." So now this is a after the fact. He's writing a letter to follow up, and he said, "Look, when I was with you before, you were brand new Christians. I had to feed you with spiritual milk and help you to grow. You're in Corinth. You're in a very carnal culture. Um, yes. So there was a lot that you needed to learn and grow in." But now I'm still having to feed you this way because you haven't grown. Yeah. And I would just say, you know, the Word of God is perfect uh, for reproof and correction. You know, that's what Paul wrote to Timothy. The Word of God is good for for correction. And I would just say, take this as an opportunity uh, for correction. Are you growing in your spiritual walk? Are you in the same place now spiritually that you were a year ago? Almost like course correction, not yeah. necessarily, how dare you live like that? Well, no. Use but, it as a course correction. But just like, I mean, maybe it's a big brother talk, you yeah. know? It's yeah. to say, are, are you growing? Uh, be honest with yourself and look at your spiritual walk and have you grown in the last six months, in the last year? Are you in the same place now in your spiritual walk that you were six months or a year ago or longer? And if that's the case, why? Right. 
ask yourself that question. What yeah. What do you need to be doing? If you're listening to Morning Breath, that's good. If you listen to Morning Breath daily and read your Bible daily, then there's no way that you'll be the same person six months or a year from now if you're being consistent yeah, about Yeah, if we it. wanted to like actually put our own today, even for our own, just our specific church culture, if we wanted here, say in Brevard County, oh, well, I'm... I'm I, I'm a follower of morning breath. I yeah. listen to morning breath every morning. But is there fruit in your life? Yeah. Like we're gr- yay, that's so awesome that you listen to morning breath every morning. Or that's so awesome that you come up to the church on Sunday mornings or whatever church that might be. That's kind of what Paul cuz he taught if you look at what he says, he's like, "Okay, um you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous and envious of one another. Does that prove doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul. So it's like, that's the same thing. That's that, like you said, big brother talk, but it's, let's be real right now. Are you still living by your sinful nature? And are you walking around, oh, but I listen to morning breath every day or what? I mean, we could even say, oh, well, I do morning breath. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean- Is it mean, changing you? Yeah, that doesn't yeah. mean your life has changed. Right. Are you that doing doesn't it, mean there's fruit. Are, yeah, are you doing it to gain life change? And are you, are, you, are, you, are you pursuing it? Yeah, you can say, and you hear that a lot. You hear that from people who maybe are unchurched. Well, I pray, I talk to God. Well, that's awesome. But it's not having an impact on your life because you don't have a spiritual food that you're eating on consistently so that you can understand how the kingdom of God works and you can actually grow in it. Yeah. Right? I There's... read a book that said we are me- God created us to be consumers. Mm. And I think so looking at um, just back to this chapter in Corinthians, thinking of Corinth, he's it makes a lot of sense. And I, I see a ton, I mean, especially Brevard County, especially central Brevard, so many likenesses. So they were a major town. Every but every single surrounding civilized nation had to go through them to get anywhere. So they, of course, there was a tons of a ton of trade going on. But when you have that many cultures intermingling, just like here, we have so many cultures coming in. You have to be very guarded as to who you're following yeah. and what you're following. And and because of that, there was a ton of luxury. There was a lot to consume in Corinth. Yeah, and they were known. I mean, throughout time. Um, I was reading just a little note about um, Corinthians or about the, the Corinth and that through time even went over into English history that if you were like a drunken, crazy man, they'd call you a Corinthian. Mm. So like it went over even into historical times that Corinthians, the Cor- Corinth was known. Why can't I ever do that when I'm talking <laughs> about these places? Corinth was known for its drunkenness and its debauchery and its idolatry. And it was because so many places intermingled there. And we have a lot of that here. And so then that's when you have to guard your heart against being dominated by the flesh versus just Paul says, I am in this world, but not of it. I am in the flesh. I'm flesh. I'm man, but I am not of it. I'm not dominated by it. And so um, just it, it, we can see a lot of similarities to just our own culture to make it relevant to today. He's speaking to us. Yes. He's speaking to you right now wanting to step you out of some lifestyles that are just holding you back. Well, and and as you're kind of piggybacking that thought onto what we were talking about as far as who you're following, if, let's say you're listening, you've got a favorite teacher. What if that teacher ended his ministry tomorrow? What would Mm. you do? So I would ask you, as you're trying to grow, as you're trying to get, you know, trying to leave that Corinthian lifestyle, that party, that Corinthian party life, um, as you're trying to grow in in your walk with the Lord, and you're listening to good teaching, which you're encouraged to do, 
is the teacher or are the teachers that you are listening to and gleaning from, are they teaching you how to become self-sufficient in the mm. word? Because that's all that was Paul's goal. Yes. That's why he was so bummed when he'd come back to these churches or these cities and find that nobody had grown. Yeah. Because he it made it clear. And and I'd say even if, if you're a Bible teacher, you're a you know, you lead a small group, make that your goal. Don't make your goal to, to, gain, to followers. gain followers. Yeah. Make it your goal to teach people how to them themselves lead. Just like Paul taught Apollos. Paul didn't teach Apollos to gain more followers so they'd follow Apollos. That's what he's saying here too. Yeah. He taught he brought up Apollos and he and pa- Apollos were working together to gain more people into the kingdom to believe in Jesus Christ because these there were so many people they'd never heard of Jesus Christ. And so that's the goal. That should still be our goal. We are moving into a generation where so many people they may know who God is or have heard of God, but we have so many people coming and people our age in their forties and fifties have never stepped foot in a church. They don't know Jesus Christ. Right. They may have heard the words Jesus Christ. They may be offended by it even, but we, that's our goal. Our goal needs to be to get people to follow Christ, not us. Exactly. And it's becoming—I wish I could think of the address right now of this verse, but Paul talks about that you always having all sufficiency in all things. Mm. You be, become sufficient. You become someone who is able—you know, Jesus, when he was with the disciples, he said, I will make you fishers of men. I don't expect you—he knew he wasn't going to stay here. So he couldn't necessarily just just teach them only to follow him around and watch him do great things. He was always implanting and imparting himself unto them so that and then sending them out so that they could go do it. His his even Jesus when he was here wanted us to become uh, able to be self-sufficient in following him but then doing what he was doing and not just watching him do everything. Yeah, if you look at verse 21, it says, So don't boast about following a particular human leader, for everything belongs to you. Yes. You have everything, like you just said, the sufficiency. You have everything. Jesus Christ died not so you would follow man. He died so you'd follow him. He died so you could realize that you have everything. You don't, it's not that we don't need community, and that is absolutely not what Paul is saying. He's not saying you don't need community, you need to figure it out for yourself. That's not it, and that we definitely know here at East Coast, our goal is not to keep people out of community, it's to keep people in community, but it's so you can be around people who encourage you that you have everything that pertains to life and godliness. You can do this thing through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because you're right, tomorrow your favorite speaker could fall off the face of this earth and you'd never hear from them again. Sure. And you can't live off. I mean, and there are people who will live off of tapes from Adrian Rogers from 35, four, four, longer than that, <laughs> yeah. 50 years ago. People, and that's, and Adrian Rogers is up in heaven, you know, bowing at the feet of Jesus every day. That's not what he would have wanted from right. you either. <laughs> yeah. We don't, need to, we don't need to glom onto a person. We need to be glomming onto the Word of God and understanding that the goal of any of any learning in the Word of God and the goal of, of listening to any good teaching should always drive us to Jesus and, uh, and cause us to be hungry to learn more of those truths ourselves. It shouldn't be that we're following a person. It shouldn't, yeah. don't, don't brag about who you're following. Don't brag about, um, you know, the, the latest podcast you're listening to. If it's, if it's having an impact in your life, great, but it should be driving you to be able to pick up your own Bible. The job of a minister, the job of a pastor, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It should not, it's not to get you to listen to us. It's to get you to be able to go, oh, 
okay, so here's a fishing pole. Here's how I put bait on the hook, and here's how I go fishing myself. And that's what really it should be all about. Um, yeah, go ahead. The, that last verse at the very, the very end of this, the last verse in 22 in the NLT says, everything belongs to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. And so I kind of thought, like, what, just practically speaking, what is everything? Let's talk about that. Like for everything belongs to you. If we're saying, don't just decide you're going to latch on to this person who seems to know more than you. Maybe they seem like a Bible scholar. I hear a lot of people say, oh, you are so smart. You know so much of the Bible. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Or, or Pastor Mark, when he speaks, he knows the Bible so well. Like I can't, I wish I knew the Bible like that. If you open it hey, up and read it, you'll yeah, same thing I did. If you knew, <laughs> I mean, I've known you for 22 years and for the last 22 years, you haven't been sitting at the kitchen table reading your Bible every day. But over the last several years, I've watched you sit at the table every day and read your Bible. I know how much time you put into reading your Bible. So when someone says that to me, that's the first thing I think is, if you only knew how much time this man spent reading the Bible. But I think about what is everything and just what is everything? Like I think about you, you always encourage me in ways of the Lord. So what is everything? What, what are we telling people when we say, you have everything? Well, and, and uh, Peter said uh, that we have everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us. When we gain the knowledge of God and we, when we press in to understand his heart, his character, his thoughts toward us, and what Jesus has done, and begin to really study what the finished work of Jesus means, it means that he, through his Holy Spirit, is equipping us to be able to go do everything that he's purposed us to do. Um, if, if, he has, if he has purposed you, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, and he desires that you would have an abundance for every good work. And so whatever it is that God has created and purposed you for, he has given you the Holy Spirit that's going to speak to you directly from the throne room of heaven. So you have God living on the inside of you, and that's what a big part of this chapter talks about. Do you not know in verse 16 that you are the temple of God and mm. that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Yeah. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, what could you possibly yeah, lack? We don't need an ark following us around with no. a pillar of cloud by night. And a, I think I said that yeah. backwards. We don't. We have <laughs> cloud the, by day, fire by night. We yeah. have the Spirit of God, that same Spirit that lived in that ark that people followed around and gave sacrifices to, living right inside of us. Yes. That's so, so exciting. All the wisdom and the knowledge of heaven, the Holy Spirit is making known to you, but it starts in the Word. And so as we go to the Bible and we begin to learn what Jesus has done for us, what the Holy Spirit is designed and equipped for to do in us and through us and for us, when we, when we understand that, then we can go, you know what, I really do have everything that I need. And what it does is it causes your faith to rise up. When you get to a place where you really believe that God is going to take care of you, that God is going to supply all of your needs, and that he has given you a purpose and a calling in your life, you don't have to go through life frustrated about not knowing who you're supposed to be, and you don't have to go through life worried that you're not going to have what you need to, to be that or to do that thing or to fulfill that calling. God desires that more than anything else. That you that he he made you, he knows how he wired you, and his desires that you would understand that his word and his spirit have been given to us to be able to go do those things. What what is that desire that you have? What has God put in your heart? He gives you the desires of your heart. What is what is that desire that he has planted in your heart uh, that you want to go carry out? And so then the thing to do is to press in and say, Lord, you know, I know you've given me this desire. I want to fulfill it. I know that you supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory, and I think that you've given me your Holy Spirit to lead and guide me into all truth. 
And so then you begin to learn what his voice sounds like, and you begin to be able to walk after that thing. And to me, you know, it's kind of a long explanation, but to me, that's everything that we need to be able to live out this life, not only to have life and not death, but to have life and godliness, Peter said, that we've been given all things are yours so that we can have a hopeful future, that we can live a full life full of, of success and what we set our hand to prospers, but that also we can live life godly, and we can expect that our thoughts and our emotions and all those things are going to line up with who he is. And the next thing you know, you're walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You're representing Jesus you're in the earth. You're not dominated by the flesh. You're not dominated by the flesh. You're not carnal, and you're able to live a life of purpose. We'll be right back. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. People often say kids are like sponges. Their powerful young minds will soak up anything and everything. This is true, especially during their toddler years, which is why it is important that they be in a fun, friendly, God-centered learning environment like East Coast Christian Academy. We offer activities in the areas of social, emotional, physical, and spiritual to guide those minds toward all that they were created to be. Contact Cindy Smith for more information at 453-KIDS. That's 453-5437. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. Commercial Real Estate Services. Scott Langston, senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you how having a professional can make a difference in your buying, investing, or leasing commercial property. Scott Langston, 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Now go out there and make it a great day. TNT, the new thing, church for the fired up teenager. Come out for a night of worship, growth, and good times. Every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at East Coast Christian Center. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 149. For frequent updates and events, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. East Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 915 and 1045. With a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages, East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning 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 Breath. Welcome back to the show. We were talking on the break about, uh, you know, the Lord and, and the, using the, the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. He catches the wise in their own craftiness, and you were talking about a quote that yeah, you I read. Yeah, I found this quote. I liked it. It said, They would doubtless have become excellent scholars if they had not been so fully persuaded of their own scholarship. Mm. And I loved that, um, just even pertaining to our spiritual lives, walking around saying, Oh, I am, I'm following so-and-so. I, oh, I'm following Paul. If you get too caught up in that, it could be really easy to miss what God has for you. And just like Quintilian said, they would doubtless have become excellent scholars. I believe we could doubtless become excellent believers, excellent in all we do through Christ Jesus. When people look at us, um, they might not see wise scholars, but they will see people who are dominated by love. They're dominated Mm. by peace. They are dominated by um, not envy, not strife, no drunkenness. They're not 
they're not dominated by the things of this world because those things of this world are considered foolishness to God, like you said, yeah. like this word says. Yeah. And so I just, I saw that in putting it in light with who we are in Jesus, not necessarily scholars, but I think he was onto something here. And sure. if you're not, pers- if you're too persuaded in your own thinking, you'll have a harder time growing in who Jesus has um set you apart to be yeah absolutely if it's one of those things where if you just you think you're smart and you think you're like this brilliant person but if you could just get the perspective that god is an infinite being that he lives outside of time and that by merely an act of his will he created everything that we can see it should really help you have some perspective uh on on how limited your own wisdom is no matter how smart you are so man just turn it over to jesus have the mind of christ and live in the spirit everything that pertains to life and godliness amen bye-bye bye Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.